All right, Dave, say something. Hello. All right, that's good. My name is Dave. My Hello. voice is my passport. <laughs> Verify me. Hello. My name is Joe, and I work in a button factory. One day, my boss came up to me and said, Hey, Joe, are you busy? I said, No. He said, Push this button with your left hand. <clears throat> my name is Jan Janssen. My name is Inigo Montoya. I come from Wisconsin. We're going to start in five, four, three. Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 764, recorded live on June 10th, 2023. And here are your hosts, the man who is not at his 20-year high school reunion, Dave Pillay. Hey! And the man who is also not at his 20-year high school reunion, Andy Lowe. Hi. Was that tonight? That was tonight. Well, shit. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't planning on going, uh, especially the, as as is apparently tradition for, like, Celine class of 2003. It felt like this the, the reunion was, like, kind of fiasco-ish. Mm-hmm. Did you see the dress code? There was a dress code? There was a dress code. I know it was at the country club, which, you know, technically is supposed to have a dress code, but I didn't know there was going to be a dress code for the reunion. That there was going to be like an enforce. It was like business neat dress code. <clears throat> That's, wow. All right, hold on. I got to see this. Class of 2003. <clears throat> oh, there, yep, there it is. Dress code. Here's the dress code for the reunion. Pass it along. What the f- and of course, they turn off commenting for the post. Because yeah, that, that was the thing is that they not was their address code. They turned off comments. <clears throat> oh, boy. Well, yeah, no, it was we would have had to drive over there and then we would have had to have the kids with somebody. Yep. And we would have gone to the reunion where there was not really any food that I was really, <clears throat> you know, going to enjoy. I forgot. What was the menu for that? There was a menu. It was like heavy hors d'oeuvres. And it was like a, it was a strolling dinner, I think is what they called it. Wow. Mm -hmm. And then of course, neither one of us would probably want to drive back tonight. So we would have to get a hotel over there. Yep. So yeah, so hotel plus babysitter plus the two tickets plus transportation costs. It's like, you know what? Nope. Which is funny, though, because we're going over to Ann Arbor next weekend for our anniversary stuff. So That was two weeks ago? Yes. Week and a half ago? Memorial Day weekend. I said happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, Andy and Kate. Thank you. This year's theme is ivory. So um, we're going over to Ann Arbor for like the Ann Arbor stuff. We're going to go see the Detroit Zoo. Um, but this anniversary year is ivory. And since, you know, we don't want to support ivory trade, trade um, we're going to go see some elephants. Mm. And it turns out the nearest elephants for us is the um, Cleveland Zoo. That's a bit of a drive. Yep. Yeah. So there's going to be some point in the summer also. We're just going to go. Are there any rhinos at the Detroit Zoo? I don't, I don't know. Because isn't a rhino's horn technically ivory? Uh, no, composing the main part of tusks of an elephant, walrus, or narwhal. <laughs> I did not know that a narwhal's tusk was ivory. I didn't, I thought it was just a giant tooth. I mean, that's generally what a tusk is, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I you know. Is a rhino horn, type is a rhino into Google in the top search, is a rhino horn ivory. Uh, tusks are made of ivory, which is comparable to a tooth. Rhino's horns are made of keratin, similar to our hair and nails. <clears throat> so a rhino's horn is just basically a, a big nail. Yeah. There are rhinos at the... nail on the nose. There are uh, rhinos at the Detroit Zoo. But that doesn't count as ivory. No. A narwhal, however... <laughs> I don't even know if you can... Can you even have narwhals in captivity? Narwhal in aquarium. 
Narwhals cannot be kept in can, in captivity because they're large size and long tusk. Usually, get, yeah, no, you, you should not keep a narwhal in captivity. No. <clears throat> it would be pretty cool to, like, go on a, a boat ride to find a narwhal, though. Yeah, no, I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> I mean, taking a trip out to Cleveland is far enough with the two kids. It's like we we were like, okay, with the two kids, we we took we took a plane with Isaac, and taking a plane with one kid was enough. Taking a plane ride with two of them, especially since they have to, um, the car seats are the main thing. Because mm-hmm. if we go, if we fly anywhere, we're going to have to rent a car, and if we're going to be renting and a car, we're have to bring the car seats. Yep. Which we actually, we, I, we, what we did with Isaac, there was actually a backpack bag that you could actually fit the car seat into. Ugh. So, yeah, that's what I was carrying. I was carrying this massive backpack with that the had car the car seat in it. With, with the car seat in it. Would, there has to be a car seat rental industry for traveling parents, right? I mean, I at the very least, I'd expect the rental cars, like, does Hertz. Have car seats. Hertz offers a range of child safety seats. There's a booster seat, infant child seat, child seats book. Okay. <clears throat> National car rental child safety seat. Yeah, it, it looks like you can get safety seats for like most. They charge you for it. But yeah. Of course they do. Yes. <clears throat> but it, that, that cost may be significantly easier to bear than shipping a car seat with you. Well, we uh, we used them actually on the planes for like, so we actually like buckled his car seat into the plane. Into the plane's seat? Yeah. They let you? Yes, there the the car seats. There are certain car seats, oh. and um, ours was one of them that was actually approved by the FAA for in-flight use. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, you still we just, have to lug it everywhere. Yes, I still you know you know put it in the backpack. You know, I made sure that you know. Luckily, with families, you're allowed to board the plane early. Yep. And so you know, I made sure to get you know seats at the back of the plane. So by the time the plane landed, I'm like, we're going to be like the last ones off the plane, which is fine because, you know, first one's on. Okay, we get, you know, come in with the giant backpack. I don't have to worry about jostling everybody. And we get that into place and we get them in the car seat. And then, yeah, off the thing there, we just, you know, wait until there's room and then I can, you know, move out and then set the backpack bag down, unhook the car seat, drop it in the backpack bag, and off I go. So, it, it you know, it was okay, but having to do it with two of them would be a little bit hard. Granted, Isaac is on the edge of the um, booster seat level. So he just got into booster seat range, which a booster seat is a lot smaller than a car seat. So mm-hmm. that should be... That sounds... Yeah. Yeah. Good no, the, the, the biggest problem was going through the airport mm-hmm. security at DTW because we got there and TSA was slammed oh man and you know the the tsa person was like look you know we're completely backed up here on the main entrance way so they were sending people over to the hotel entrance so that the agents there could yeah do, do what they do yes so the the um the hotel entrance has a single lane um for tsa checks as well um which was fine until we showed up with you know the car seats and everything else and that it's just like (laughs) so you cause a backup and i'm you know i'm sitting there like i've got everything like stripped down and ready to go and you know yeah the tsa people see me and we're just like we just we got to get through this as fast as possible and the tsa was like okay you two here you go over there you know you just do the metal detector holding the kid you know i made sure to have everything metal off of me like, I don't want to set off this metal detector at all. Just, ugh. Yeah, travel, traveling with toddlers I have a is something. who tomorrow is getting on a plane to Japan with her husband, her one-and-a-half-year-old kid, and she is, I think, five months pregnant to Japan. Yes, that's going to be a flight. That is going to be a flight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm getting on a plane in two days. Uh, my flight leaves. Ready for this? Ready for this? I didn't know they had flights this early. My flight leaves Madison at 630 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. What What time did we fly out of Kalamazoo? 
<clears throat> there was a flight where it was just Kate and I, and we flew out of Kalamazoo because I had points and I had enough points to cover the flight. And like, I just looked, you know, it was, a, it was a free flight out of Detroit that, that was down to, was that down to North Carolina? I think it was down to North Carolina or no, where did we go? Oh, that was our trip down to Florida. That was the Florida trip. Yes. Cause that was the last time we were on an airplane with just the two of us. Um, yeah, we flew out of Kalamazoo and the flight from like Kalamazoo to Detroit was like some, some ungodly time in the morning, but I'm like, it's Kalamazoo. We, we got up and, yeah. <laughs> you know, 20 minutes to the airport, 10 minutes through TSA. Security. Yeah. And then we're well, I the- expect security will be will be quite light. Um <laughs> it, as far as the line out. Although maybe not. It's Monday morning at Madison. Uh I mean that's when all the epic folk are are off to various places. So maybe the the line for security will actually be bad. There just aren't that many flights out of Madison. Nope. Yeah, Kalamazoo's the same way. I fly from Madison to Chicago, Chicago to Seattle. I get into Seattle by like noon local time, and then I have to put in a half a day of work. Let's see. What are the departures? Yep. First departure out of Kalamazoo to Detroit, 6.58 a.m. Yeah, gross. Yep. But heck, like I said, it's like, yeah, we just rolled out of bed and we're just (laughs) rolled down to the... You know, 20, 30 minutes later, we're like at the gate ready to go. We're like, well, shoot, I I see why people like this. Now, if we ever want to go back to Florida, most likely we'll drive up to uh, Grand Rapids because there are um, their direct flights. Yep. Direct flights from Grand Rapids down to Orlando. Nice. You know, this whole conversation really, really dovetails nicely into the random review. But we can't get there yet. Should we? Should we flip the episode? No. 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 What about doing the review first, and we'll still end with the topic? Nope. Okay. Well, then we should probably talk about some of the topics. Okay. And we'll come back to all of this like airline travel bullshit at the review. Well, I have a couple of car topics if we want to keep going with traveling. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about cars. All right. Cars and automation. How about the fact that uh, Ford and I believe GM just said that they're going to adopt the Tesla standard for charging? Yes. Uh, Ford announced two weeks ago that they were teaming up with Tesla. And then on Thursday, GM also announced that... They are signing on to what Tesla calls the North American Charging Standard. Now, that is a little fucking presumptuous. (laughs) (laughs) We should just, hey, you know what we should do? We should make a standard and just call it the North American Standard. This would explain why Tesla's stock has gone up 40% this month. Yep. I presume. (laughs) Yep, yeah, Tesla and Ford two weeks ago. So yeah, what does the Tesla stock look like after the last two weeks? TSLA, one month. Hey, look at that. It's just, yep. Yep, well, you said GM announced on Thursday, Thursday, right? yep. The 8th? So yes. look at the jump between the close on the 8th and the open on the 9th. <laughs> yep, look at that. Oh, my goodness. Up 12, like, up 12% in the last five days. Yeah. So that, that would, I was kind of wondering until like my neighbor told me today, oh yeah, Ford and GM both are going with Tesla standard. I'm like, oh, that explains why the stock has been just like taken off. So yeah, so Ford, let's maybe go back to that. I put it as a topic, but we never got around to it. Um, spring 2024, Ford EVs will be able to charge mm-hmm. at the superchargers using a Tesla designed adapter. Payment will be handled through the Ford Pass app. And then from 2025 onward, new Ford EVs will be designed with the NACS port. Um, they they don't say if they're going to keep the old port as well or if they're just going to go straight to the... Um, I wonder how difficult it would be. Because like, if you try to make one big port that can handle multiple um, inputs, is that better or worse than just like... Having multiple ports along the car. <laughs> I feel like either one is going to look ugly and cause yeah. problems. Yeah. <clears throat> so new Fords after 2025 will have the plug for the Tesla superchargers. 
And then, okay, so GM uh, will gain access starting in 2024 um, with initially requiring an adapter to connect the NACS cable to the CCS1 charging points ports that are currently being used. Damn. Chief Customer I- Officer at 4 says the Tesla supercharger network has excellent reliability and the NACS plug is smaller and lighter. Overall, this provides a superior experience for customers. Sure. Superior. I mean, they, they do kind of know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay then. I mean, grats to Tesla. I'm a little put off by the North American standard. <clears throat> All right, hold on. There, There is an article on Ars Technica about when did that originally get called that? Did they originally call it the North American? I mean, it sounds like a Musk thing to do. Probably. <clears throat> yeah, the de facto standard level three plug is the combined charging systems type one plug. Big exception is Tesla deployed its first superchargers, the brand name for level three chargers in 2012. Went with a proprietary plug, no surprise. Oh, so they Tesla has actually been starting to add CCS type one plugs to superchargers as well. So backwards compatibility? Yes. Effectively. Yes. So it's Tesla's supercharger stations have the CCS, the newer ones will have the CCS1 plugs for the older EVs. And then the newer cars are going to start switching over to the North America. God, that is, yeah. Oh, just saying right? that. Right? A little pretentious. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll see. But yes, no, it's going to be nice to actually have them all on the same plug. Could could you imagine? Well, just think about it now. It's like if I need to plug something in at my house, I have what the what is the what's the what's the receptacle number called? Is it a C19 for the US standard? Yeah. Electric plug wall. Uh types A and B. Power plug outlet type A and type B plugs. What's the standard? What's the standard? What's the ISO? It's got to be an ISO standard, right? Um, NEMA 115 is the ungrounded one. A NEMA connector. Yes. NEMA 515 receptacle. The 115 has none, and the 515... Has the ground plug. And the 520 has has something else. The 520 on the normal one has one of the plugs turn 90 or one of the one of the poles 90 degrees. Oh, that's for like the um, that's for a 20 amp ovens, circuit, like for your oven. Yeah. <clears throat> or, you know, if you're going 240, then you could have an L14. Andy, <laughs> come back from the weeds, Andy. Oh, man. You know, come back from the weeds. I used to have to know all these things because getting transmitters from all over the world <laughs> had different plugs. Mm-hmm. And having to plug something into a 240 circuit versus a 120 circuit also depends on if it was a 15 amp, a 20 amp, or a 30 amp, or you know, the massively large NEMA 550 amp. Yep, all that fun stuff. And you know what? I don't have to worry about it anymore. I just have to really work on my heat shrink tubing and my butt connectors. Your, I'm sorry, your what? The butt connectors. The butt connectors. Yeah, where you, you butt the two wires next to each other. Okay. Like an, like an inline splice. Yeah, no, that's, I, I, that's totally where my brain was going. <laughs> Got it. Sure. Yeah, butt splice terminal wire connectors. That's... I think that's what they are actually called. But splice. Yes, but splice. What other car information do you have, Andy? <laughs> well, um you said you had multiple car things. Yes. Uh, uh I saw a preview. Here's a car thing for the Gran Turismo movie. Is it it's actually about the the kid who starts racing on Gran Turismo, right? And then actually, right. yeah. And then moves into being the racer for Nissan. Yep. And like doing really well. Mhm. Didn't we like report on that? Yes, yes we did. When it happened <laughs> literally what like 10 years ago, if not more? More? And be like, "Oh my god, this kid like learned on Gran Turismo playing on his computer and now he's a fucking race car driver and isn't that amazing and then someone made a movie out of it starring Orlando Bloom of all people and a couple other folks 
You know what's really surprising is the fact that Malcolm in the Middle star, Frankie Muniz, is actually like a really good racer as well. Huh. I would not have known that. What's he been up to? He's been doing a lot of like guest star stuff. He drives car number 30. One episode there in NASCAR? Uh, Driver of the number 30 RJR ARCA Menards series car. Muniz Racing. Let's see what he's... Yeah, he drives car number 30. Competes in the Arca Menards National Championship. Is there a list of points? Is there a list of points? Oh, he's currently second in the point system. Wow. So, yes, yeah. Malcolm in the Middle star. I mean, he's done more than just Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Agent Cody that's, that's Banks. That's like calling Neil Patrick Harris Doogie Howser star. What, he, are you, what, you want me to go with Agent Cody Banks? Is that what you really want me to go with? Just say Frankie Muniz. Okay, Frankie Muniz, yes. He's done a lot of other stuff. And I seems to be a quite a accomplished race car driver. And apparently is a really good race car driver. <laughs> Sorry, I I totally derailed your attempt at a topic because I saw them. Well, no, one of the topics is the fact that the 24-hour of Le Mans is actually going on this weekend. What is Le Mans? It I is, should know this one. It is a 24-hour race uh-huh. where you literally have a team of people and they, they race around the track in, you know, Le Mans, France for 24 hours. The driver has to stay awake. For no, this. no, no. They have they have teams of drivers. Swap people out. Yes. One one of the um one of the special bits for the Le Mans race was actually originally it was a running start. So the drivers actually had to run to their cars and actually get in their cars and then pull away. That's kind of hilarious, and I love it. Um, and I would rather it be like not just a running start to get to the car, but like a running start that is a mile long to get to the car. <laughs> or like a biathlon, and then you drive. <laughs> Well, the um was they they actually do a ceremonial running start now just because there were too many drivers who were not actually putting on their safety equipment because they had to get into the car. They wanted to get into the car and get off on the road fast. Mm -hmm. So now they're like, "Look, you guys, you guys are not." No, no. See, I you I think you still do it with the full running start. But if they don't like putting on your safety equipment is part of the race. And if you don't have the safety equipment on correctly, you are disqualified. Ooh. And I still think that it should be like a half a mile or like two half mile races with like something in the middle. So, like, you do a half a mile, you do a thing, you do another half mile, you get in the car. You just really don't want these people in the car. You want them to... I'm okay with them being in the car. I just think, wouldn't it be, like, wouldn't that make the race even better? (laughs) Right. So, the race course went under a major renovation in 2012. Uh Uh-huh. And they expanded the pit row, and there are now 55 um, pit garages there for the entrance for the 24-hour race. Um, well, they actually built uh, one more for demonstration purposes. So this is mm-hmm. a vehicle that is, you know, in the race, but they're not actually in any of the co- competition categories. So they're not, you know, they're not a hyper car. They're not a, you know, M8 or whatever that all the, all the groups are. They're all, you know, this is a, this is a special car to come in. Like they've had electric cars come in in the past. They had uh, a quadruple amputee come in and drive a specially modified um, car. And he actually finished the race. And then I do believe he came back again with another uh, paraplegic driver Mm -hmm. and finished the race in 2021 as well. So these are like, these are special, you know, hey, it's almost like, hey, wouldn't this be neat sort of thing? That's neat. Well, this year, NASCAR showed up. Yeah. With an honest to goodness 
stock car. Hmm, like a NASCAR stock car. Yes, an actual NASCAR stock car shows up to the 24-hour Le Mans. And you've got, think of this, this is where like the Ford GT40, you know, came around. This is where, you know, you have the hypercars and the McLarens, the Ferraris, that sort of stuff. GT40 was, they took like the engine of, of one and put it in the body of the other. Pretty much, yeah. This th- That was the whole story where... Ford wanted to buy Ferrari. Ferrari said no. So Ford basically took a race, you know, a racing team from the ground up and came to Le Mans and just basically showed up Ferrari and going, oh, you guys didn't want us to play in your sandbox? Well, here we go. Well, too bad. Oh, okay. No, it wasn't that. So I'm, I'm thinking of something else. There was, maybe that was the concept car that WCC made. There was a Ford GT something. And they took like the engine of a GT and they put it in the body of something else. <laughs> Hang on, let me see if I can find it. Uh, it was called the Purple... The Purple... The Purple Thunder? Or was it Purple Rain? Purple Haze, Note Board Mustang GT... WCC Creative Car Purple... Washington... (laughs) I was going to say, WCC is West Coast Customs. Uh, creative car concepts. That's the group I'm looking for. Creative car concepts. ET. Oh, custom cars. Fine. Custom car concepts. GT must include GT. Yes. What did they call it? Ford 500 GT. They put a GT engine in a Ford 500. I think that's what it was. Hang on. Ford, I'm, I'm, my Google is like, I'm honing in on this. Try the Ford 500 GTR uses a Ford GT powertrain where they swapped out the back seat of a Ford 500 for a 550 horsepower supercharged V8 from a GT supercar. Yeah, I found the car and driver the 500 article. 500 GTR. <clears throat> I can't find pictures of it. I just sent you a link that's got photos. Oh, you sent me a link that's got photos. Yeah, there it is. Green Monster Small College Campus. <laughs> yeah, I got to see it when they were working on it, and it was just like, oh, that's a huge-ass engine, and it's like a foot and a half behind the driver. Yeah, I'll link this. I'll put the article in the, the topics. <clears throat> yeah, I saw them at the, I think they brought it to the auto show that year, which was just yeah. looking at it going like, H- how? <laughs> You you somehow put 10 pounds of manure in a five-pound bucket. It doesn't make any sense. You, you cram in the manure. <laughs> this was not manure. This, was, this yeah. was a hell of a car. I forgot about this car. Right. So anyway, the Le Mans mm-hmm. is going on right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and NASCAR, NASCAR showed up. Yes, which everybody, when they first heard about this, were joking that, you know, that the grounds crew should wave white flags anytime the car is on the track because white flags are normally like shown for to warn people that they're coming up on a slow vehicle. <laughs> Harsh. Yeah. So they, 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 you know, they did some modifications to it, but it was mainly, um, uh, they, they souped up the engine a little bit more, but, um, they are actually, let's see, the car's fastest time in testing was a three minute, 53 second lap. Um, by comparison, the fastest GT car, which was one of the Ferraris went around the eight mile course in three minutes, 56 seconds. So rather than being a rolling roadblock, it looks like the stock car is more than capable of holding its own, which actually I should look at because the race is literally going on as we are talking because it's 24 hours. So let's see what the race is doing right now. Current standings. All right. So it's in its own category. Where is it? The CDNT. There are 62 cars racing right now and it looks like that's car i have to be logged in to access the race in english boo Uh, they have done 172 laps of the track so that puts them right around 33rd right now out of how many 62 okay that's that's not bad (laughs) for a nascar car like that's yeah Gotta suck for about 30 of them. (laughs) 
Yeah, there are a couple of hypercars. It looks like they had some sort of mechanical failure because there, there are a couple of the hypercar groups that are actually losing to this stock car. Please, 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 please tell me that the stock car has like traps and sabotages <laughs> that like it's it's playing dirty and like fucking these other cars over. Because, man, Rubin is racing. <laughs> Maybe in NASCAR, but like when you're going 150 miles an hour, mm-hmm. that's that's generally frowned upon. Yeah. Oh, there's currently a yellow flag right now. That's why it's not actually. I was like, why? Okay. How come nobody's actually on the course right? Now? Oh, yellow flag. All right. What is a yellow flag? Oh, there was some sort of accident or trouble on the track. Ah, okay. Um, we talked about Tesla's stock going up. GameStop's stock. <laughs> Didn't. Nope. It did, and then it didn't. Um, GameStop has lost its fifth CEO in five years. Sixth since 2017. 2017 was not five years ago. You're right. That would be six, wouldn't it? Yep. Because it's, it's 2023. Still, and I think they're on their sixth now, right? The 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 one that just left was like the like fifth one to leave in five years. Okay, so J. Paul Reigns... He was the one that actually You're got them in. Gonna look this up. <laughs> yes, he J. Paul Reigns stepped down in 2017. He was the one who actually. Um, oh, he stepped down due to brain cancer. That's a very good reason. Okay, so after him in 2017, there was one, two, three, four. This was the fifth one since Reigns. So yeah, so since November 2017, <laughs> there have been five of them. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Reigns was the last one who actually was able to turn a profit on the company. Oops. So I mean, their their business model is kind of in a shit show. Well, they tried to branch out, and I think that's when they were actually were making money. Yeah, but branching out into crypto is not branching. No, no, out. no. I mean, like you know, back this back, you know, t- there was times where they were trying to when they bought Hot Topic. They and bought Hot Topic, right? And oh no, sorry, Think Geek. Think Geek was what they bought. Yeah, and that kind of panned out for them, but they didn't take advantage of it. No, nope. they didn't understand what they had purchased. And certainly didn't synergize. I mean, all they did is they brought, like, a ThinkGeek storefront into their store. Yep. But they did nothing to capitalize on ThinkGeek's relationship with other, it's, like, vendors and, and IPs and yep. other companies. Even the ThinkGeek, They Think just Geek, said, like, you know, oh, the, we'll just put these products here. Like, draw, come on. Yeah, ThinkGeek's own community, even. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Mm. So yeah, that was that was just a bad thing. Um, but yeah, the, well, the core. The, I hate to say it, the core bits, the core business of GameStop is Use still games. is well is still physical games. Yep, and, and physical games like GameStop needs to figure out a way to push. Physical device, physical games, and physical devices. But as we even talked about two weeks ago, Alan Wake Two digital, it's digital only. only, right? That is going to be a triple A title that GameStop. Well, there's, there's this, there's a, a cycle, a like um, resonant cycle here. GameStop sales go down. Publishers are less willing to do physical media. Physical media costs money. Mm-hmm. You have to pay for the disc. You have to pay for shipping. You have to pay for storage. You have to sacrifice some of your profit to the wholesaler and the retailer. And like versus, yeah, we're just going to sell this on our storefront. Store yeah. On our storefront. And we're going to take the, we'll charge the same amount, except we don't have to pay for a middleman. So as GameStop sales go down, the companies are less likely to invest in physical media, which means there's less stuff for GameStop to sell, which means their sales go down. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a negative feedback loop. Right. So yes, like Alan Wake's announcement, someone at Games it might be, that might be like honestly behind the scenes, that may have been one of the things that said to to GameStop's board like shit, we're not doing good. Mm-hmm. They need to be like aggressively talking to the the companies and the publishers and saying, look, physical media is still a thing. People still want it. Now I don't know if that's actually true. 
I still want physical media because I like being able to borrow games from my friends and lend them games and let them try them. Well, it was just the fact, like I talked about um, when I broke out my Xbox 360 years ago, mm-hmm. there were some games um, where the, the multiplayer section of it had already been shut down by EA, but I still had the physical disc and so I could still play the single this- player. The single player. Yeah. You know, it. some of the stuff there was severely <laughs> broken because of the, you know, online capabilities that were no longer online. Like there was one thing that was like, oh, challenge your friends to get, you know, you know, to beat your friends. Yeah, to progress. And I'm like, I literally can't because yep. you won't let me. <clears throat> yeah. Luckily, there were some computer characters like in there. It looks like somebody in their, you know, right mind said, well, what happens if they don't have any friends? We'll give them some friends that are computer characters. <clears throat> but still, it was like if that game, if I didn't have that physical disc, I wouldn't be able to play that game because it would no longer exist on the cloud. It was just, it's the same thing that's going right now with Disney and HBO and Discovery and everybody. It's the fact that it's like, oh, you know what? Maybe we should pull back on the amount of things that we have in the cloud right now. Just it's cost- maybe. It's costing us too much money. And in my head going, well, I still have, you know, some of those DVDs just in case. You know, if I if I want to watch, you know, the first Ant-Man, I still have that on Blu-ray. Still have a Blu-ray player sitting down here. It's I'm trying to think of what input it's on. I think it's on input two. Yes, because the Chromecast is on three. Okay. Yeah. Cable's on one. DVD Blu-ray is on two. Chromecast is on three. And my Xbox is on the PC connection. Yes. Still remember those things, and yet we we only most ninety nine percent of the time are still just on the Chromecast. But it is what it is. So yeah, GameStop is in trouble again. Granted, they are according to the the earnings call, they are still sitting on one billion dollars of cash. So so as long as they lose money slowly, yes, they're good for a while. Yes, they're good for a while as long as they don't lose too much money too fast. But. <laughs> It's the, the the ship is still sinking, so but it takes a lot of water to to sink it. Yep, I think it's more like there's a leak in the the atmosphere. <laughs> like rather than it's taking something on, it's losing something. That's true. Okay, yes, yeah, so, so it's a spaceship, and there's a hole, and it's losing the atmosphere inside the spaceship. But they have a whole lot of canned there's a air. A lot of air in there. Yep, <clears throat> and like they're they're bringing in air too. It's just they're losing it faster than they're bringing it in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, Dave, do you want to talk about the Apple Vision Pro AR? Not really. <laughs> I mean, Apple announced a... So there, there's a couple things that I've seen about this. One is that this is one of the first times that Apple is producing a product backwards. It's the pro version. This is not consumer grade. And I think they did a bad job of showing that off. They presented it like a consumer product. Yes. Watching the the recap on the WWDC keynote, there was a lot of things of people sitting in their houses, on their couches, yeah. doing stuff. And you know what? If I'm a like wealthy, single recluse... Sure, that sounds great. But when I watch a movie, I usually want to watch it with my wife. And mm-hmm. I'm not paying $7,000 so that we can watch the movie. Not even together, we'd be watching it in parallel. The thing that really got me was the fact that it, you know, if you're with you have the goggles on, your screens will look like they're floating in midair. Because you mm-hmm. can technically see your surroundings, but you're not actually looking at your surroundings. It's actually, there's a camera taking a video of your surroundings and then putting that in front of your eyes. No, you can see through it, can't you? No, 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 you can't. You literally can't see through, it It looks very much like you can see through the glass. You can't see through it? No. So it's not like the HoloLens. No, what you're seeing, are, when are you, you see... positive? When I thought there was a, a way like you could dial the reality in and out. From what I gathered is that... It's a clear piece of glass. No, no, that's a screen. At least I think that's a screen. Because like when they've got it on, you can see their eyeballs. Yes, and that's a camera looking at your eyeballs to and display it. it on... Yes. No. 
No, I don't believe that. Now you're going to make me Google this thing. and then Yes, I know. I swear it's not. That it's a fucking projection of your eyes onto the front? Mm-hmm. From the inward-facing camera? Yes. Oh, God, it has to be, because I'm looking at the, the back of it, and the back of it has two holes for your eyes. But on the front of it, you can clearly see the whole face. Oh my god, that's even worse than I thought. Holy crap, Andy, this thing is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) That's bullshit. Did you see Zuckerberg's response to this? No, what did he... Oh, because, yeah, because they've got the quest, don't they? The the quest 3 is coming out soon. And his response to this was, yep, we looked at it. There is nothing they have done that is magical or groundbreaking that our engineers haven't already looked at. Also, I've used... Like motion based controls, right? Where where it recognizes your hands. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's kind of fucking tiring. <laughs> like touch screens have been around for a long time. There's a reason that my my monitors here are not touch screens, and I instead have a keyboard and mouse. Yep. Really on honestly, Andy, like I could do a whole episode on this. I could go, especially if I have someone to play off of, like like you. I could do it at least an hour. But yeah, that was my thing was the fact that I it I thought it yeah for you same thing. I thought it was you know uh like the Hololens. We're like okay, that's yeah. Not- so it's not even AR. It's it's like like it's still sort of AR. It's just it's reconstructing the image of the room from all the cameras around it. Yes. Which my Oculus Quest 1, not even 2, Quest 1 can do. And it didn't cost $3,500. As I told a a coworker, like, this shit has its place. Mm -hmm. AR headsets are amazing for engineers, for mechanics, for... 3D modelers on a construction site, right? Like imagine being a a foreman and as you're walking through a construction zone, it's showing you like what's behind the wall because the schematics are there and the schematics can be interpreted. So like, you know exactly where all the pipes are, where all the studs are, where all the conduits are, or being a... Uh, an auto mechanic and like lifting the image of the engine out of the car and opening that up and like deconstructing it. Like those are the sorts of things that augmented reality are amazing for. Yeah, no, that's, I'm not sure if I talked about this before or not, but um, one of the Michael Crichton novels, um, Airframe, uh, one of the things in the Airframe book, you know, that's one of the plot points is that they are trying out a version of AR. Like they have like these AR goggles and that have the whole plane schematics in there. And th- one of the Pearsons is like looking for something and she literally just pulls up the plane schematics and it can tell where she is in the plane and play- overlays everything on there. Yep, that would work too. Look, that's a, yeah. Was that Mass Effect? Yeah. Yeah. The the spirits within, or I think they did the same thing in Thor Darkness, whatever the two was, Thor 2. What was the name of Thor 2? Oh, that was the one where Jane Foster got um, possessed. with reality stone. Yeah. Yeah. World of Darkness? Shit. What was Thor 2? The Dark World. The Dark World. Come on. World of (laughs) Darkness, the Dark World. Whatever, close enough. But I think they had a scene of like the the medical overlay over Jane Foster that was basically the same thing. Also, holy crap, the animation from Spirits Within has not aged well. (laughs) I remember when this movie came out, this was groundbreaking computer animation, and now it looks like a phone game. Yep. Shit! (laughs) We've come a long way. Yep. Like, their okay. skin yep. just looks flat, and, like, the faces look wrong. Like, there's a whole bunch of uncanny valley going on in here. Here we go. Yeah, the CNET review. The pass-through video camera quality of this headset is good. Really, really good. Not as good as my own vision, but good enough that I could see the room well, see people in it with me, see my watch notifications easily on my wrist. So, yeah, so the, it's not... 
it's not clear. It's literally, they're just displaying the room around you, which is just, that's just so weird. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It is very, very weird. And like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, that's, yeah. I have more things to say about it, but I think we don't have any time. <laughs> well, um, well, let's see. Uh, somebody was Fired from WoW for making fun of corporate greed. Don't make fun of your own corporation. <laughs> like, you're not wrong. No. Who was it and what did they get fired for? Like, they um, got fired for making fun of it, but like, what did they do? There was a, um, he was a developer for WoW. Yeah. Um, and he had wrote some lines for one of the goblins. Cause you know, the, the, you know, kind yeah, of like, like, yeah, the, the tongue in cheek sort of lines, um, screenshots shared by him show the character saying lines like, let's call this a cost of living adjustment. Um, other zingers included no profit sharing. Looks like another yacht for me and time to go back to the office. I mean, that's old. That's been there for a while. Like, I I feel like those lines were there on the introduction of the goblins. And that yeah. was in Cataclysm. I'm like, the, the goblins, that's always been, that's that's like always the goblins sort of shtick. Right. And so they fired him for this? Like, yes. And this is new stuff. Yes. According to termination documents obtained by Gizmodo, the company's HR director told him on March 30th he was being terminated as a result of your misconduct and harm to the company by inserting inappropriate non-game-related content into a game, which is also a violation of the company's code of conduct. But they're the goblins. I know. Which is funny, though, because WoW's official Twitter account... Yeah promoted the character in several tweets. Oh, God. So he was fired for inappropriate dialogue, which was then used as promotional material. Someone's getting sued. God, and it's Blizzard. Wrongful termination. (laughs) Right? Like... I guess I could tell you, I could, you know, I could have started this going, hey, guess what video company is probably going to get sued? And I mean, there's that. No, Andy, you can't start with that. That is too many options. (laughs) There's too many options. Hey, guess who's going to get sued? I don't know, EA? (laughs) You have have to tell me more than just someone's getting sued. You have to say, like, what they're getting sued for. Yeah, if I said somebody's getting sued for wrongful termination, wait, no, that would be too many people there too as well. That's uh, that's a lot, but at least it narrows it down. <laughs> if it were like getting sued for harassment, well, then there's one answer. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> it's funny because it's true. Yeah. Well, should we hit the randoms? Uh, is there anything else to to go over real quick? U.S. Some, Factory is doing well, but can't staff it because people don't want to work because work sucks and people don't get paid as much as they should. Uh, Google is calling everyone back to in-office. And they they have their HR department now saying that um, the uh, in-office uh, information is going to be part of their performance reviews. Like how much time they're spending in-office versus mm-hmm. not. Yep. So what about all the, the employees that, like, moved away? Um, uh, da, 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 da. Already approved employees to consider which, switching from full-time remote to hybrid. Already approved remote workers may be subject to reevaluation if the company determines material changes in business need, role, team, structure, or location. Ugh. Yeah. And this is now coming from somebody who is actually technically a 100% remote worker. Talking to someone who is 100% not. (laughs) I get five days per year that I can work from anywhere. I have already used uh, a large number of those. (laughs) Because it's actually ten half days. And I, Ah. I think I've used like seven out of the ten. And the other three are already scheduled. Yep. No, my my office is technically the truck. 
I mean, I've got I've got the modem in there. The work's giving me a laptop, so if I need to do anything, you know, yeah, I can go out to my truck and do it. I don't want to do it in my truck, but I can. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth was announced at Summer Games. Well, not yep. announced, but like they showed off a trailer and said sometime in early 2024. They're getting a so new. So I'm going to I'm going to assume June of 2024. <laughs> That's technically, yes, early next year. Well, early usually means Q1, but I'm going to I'm gonna guess that they push it, that they delay it. Oh my god, Path of Exile is getting a sequel. That's interesting. Well, the Prince of Persia, <laughs> there's a new Prince of Persia game coming out. It's mm-hmm. actually going to be a side-scroller. That's an impressive artistic choice. <laughs> like, oh, side-scroller, huh? Well, that's kind of... All right, then. That's, that's going back to your roots. Granted, you know, the roots were kind of shriveled up and dying until, you know, Sands of Time came out. Yep. But which was not a side scroller. No, not at all. Well, okay, so now we should hit the randoms. Yeah, sure. Let's talk some So we were talking travel. Yes. And we were talking about flights. And I have yes. a whole new appreciation for flights and planning flights after having watched five and a half seasons of seasons. Of a YouTube channel slash Nebula channel called Jetlag. Okay. So what is Jetlag? Jetlag is Taskmaster meets, um, God, what was it called? Fantastic Race? Oh, The Amazing Race? Amazing Race. Thank you. Take those two concepts of we're going to do something that is travel-based, but also we're going to throw in a lot of, like, random you-must-do-X-to-continue. It is two teams, generally. One season was three teams of one person each. Um, The other seasons have all been two teams of two people each. And each season-slash-series is a different concept of the game. So the first game was Play Connect 4 using the states of the Western Continental United States. So you have to travel to four states that are in a line. Either horizontal or vertical. Which you can definitely do out west. Yep. It was everything west of the Mississippi. Yes, that would make sense because, I mean, for goodness sakes, Colorado <laughs> is, a, mm-hmm. is a rectangle. It is. So to claim a state, so, you know, Connect 4, there's turns. Well, they, you, you can't do turns in a game like this. Mm-hmm. To, to claim a state, whoever gets there first to the state capital draws a card from this deck of tasks, and they have to do whatever's on the card. Okay, so this is, yeah, it's got a lot of Amazing Race vibes then. Yep, and the, the cards are the Taskmaster bit, because one of the cards may be like, um, oh god, what were some of the cards from the very first season? Now, like, I've seen so many that it's, it's all getting mixed together and lost now. Um, what were some of the cards from season one? Hang on. I don't want to spoil too much. So I'm going to go back and look real quick. Connect four. Ah, yeah. So one that's actually a, a kind of recurring theme is get one of your team members intoxicated. <laughs> One is bowl a strike. Now, that, depending on who draws it, could be very easy or very difficult. But you also have to think about when they draw it, because they could be in the state capitol and it's seven in the morning. There aren't many bowling alleys that are open at seven in the morning. No, no, there are not. So you have to wait around for a bowling alley to open. Buy the local paper and solve one of the puzzles. So these are the more taskmastery kind of things, right? That's not something you'd see in Amazing Race. Yeah, no, there. You know, Amazing Race has challenges. I remember there was one where it was literally. Um, I think they had to. They got into a curling club and they were supposed to throw a stone into the house. Oof. Which you know, if you've never curled before, is probably it's a problem. Not easy. <laughs> you know, it was one of those things where it's like, man, if I was there, I would be just be like, yeah, just hold the cab. I'll be back in like two minutes. Yeah. <clears throat> so they've done, so it looks like here they've done U.S., they've done Europe, circumnavigating the globe. Yep. And and the reason why I kind of connected this to the beginning of the show is, like, in all of this, you cannot pre-plan your entire route. So they are making, like, plane ticket bookings an hour before they get to the airport. Oh, jeez. 
And like they're looking like half the show is then like planning routes and going like, okay, we could go here for this much and then we could catch a connection. There's like a 45 minute layover and we could take a connection to here where we could get into an Uber and we could go here and like just so West Coast, US, West, not West Coast, West half of the US was the first season Connect 4. Circumnavigate the Globe is a whole different game. Uh, they had a minimum distance traveled in order to win because you otherwise you just like go up to friggin' Iceland and then just like go around the Arctic Circle and you're done. Yep. So there was a minimum distance traveled. So not only are they trying to make sure that they can connect different flights and stuff, um, but they had to like intentionally take long routes sometimes. Um, and on that one, the tasks were to earn money. So they started with a budget for travel and said, like, you have $3,000. You can't circumnavigate the globe on $3,000. No. So they would have to do challenges to earn more money so that they could buy tickets. Yep. Uh, I, I'm really liking this show. I think it is creative. I think it is the right amount of stress, um, and, and entertainment. And like they, they really theory craft these games and design them so that they can be, um, very tight. Like multiple of these games have come down to like, five minute difference well it's just you know when i see this i think of some of the um travel challenges that top gear did over the years <clears throat> mm -hmm. where you know you look at some of these challenges and you can kind of tell that they've they've almost timed it out distance wise so yeah. that it will be a close match yeah exactly so I'm, I've been really enjoying it. Uh, I highly recommend you check it out. I highly recommend other people check it out. It is on YouTube. It's also on Nebula. Uh, yeah, it looks like that the Nebula gets it earlier, but they still post Nebula it on. Nebula gets it a week earlier. But it's, they still post them on YouTube, so that's good. Yeah. Season six is coming out right now. It is Capture the Flag in Japan. Oh, boy. Which I'm excited to see. Yeah, great show. Very creative. Um, really enjoying it. All right. Well, I'll have to link the YouTube channel, but I can do that because they have the new at sign. <clears throat> Makes life easier. Right. Uh, time for the random topic then. Rolled ahead of time, what is the thing you are currently borrowing and yet to return that you have had the longest? So what are you currently borrowing that you have had the longest that you have yet to return? Do I have anything of yours? If I do, that probably takes it for the longest. I don't think I have anything of yours. I don't think so. I have a game from Brendan that is on, like, the Nintendo 3DS. I've had that for a long time. That might be the thing I've had that's the... I mean, you know, like, a pen, probably. I probably borrowed a pen from someone and put it in my pocket. Um, I think that, um, I think that one of our computer monitors here at home is one that I borrowed from work at the radio station. <laughs> I'm not getting that one back. I don't think that's borrowing at this point. I think it's just yours. <laughs> yeah. Possession is nine-tenths of the law or something like that. Mm -hmm. I can't think of anything else that I have been borrowing. <sighs> no, because all that is mine. I know that Mo is supposedly still borrowing my Dreamcast, which I'll have to message him about that. I I just, because everybody's back on Discord now, so I would have to, you know, I'm going to log, hold on, where is my Discord? This is what happens after I reboot my computer, nothing is booted up. Where is Discord on my desktop? I thought it was on my desktop. I have so many things on my desktop I don't need anymore. But that's, that's the exact opposite. That is something that somebody is currently borrowing from me and have yet to return it. Yeah. So that's that's the opposite of what the question is asking. Yeah, I think it's a computer monitor. It's probably it. It's probably been six, seven years probably, something around those lines. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. Okay. So that's my answer. And Discord is finally... Oh, updating. No. <laughs> Guess we won't find that answer out right away. No. 
All right. Well, on that bombshell, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.